0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Tim Gillette with The Tim Gillette Show, and we're back here with another great guest. Today's guest, I really, I've, I've just met this person. I don't know her very well, and uh, this is the best way. I love to do interviews. I love getting know to people live on camera. So I maybe, maybe you'll catch me go oh, or something like that when she tells something that's unique about her business, or maybe you'll just, you know, it'll be a regular interview. I don't think so. I get the feeling this is going to be an interesting interview. I don't know why but it gets the feeling that this is someone I got a lot in common with. Let's find out as we bring Allie up onto the screen today.
1: Hello, Hello Allie. Hi. I've been looking forward to this, Tim. Have you really? Excited. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Someone sold you a bill of goods that so
1: this was a great show, huh? <laughs> it was Cheryl. Cheryl no. sent me your way.
0: No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's so interesting that like I get to meet people this way, and I, I get to interview them, and they're like, you should interview my friend. And by the time their friend gets on camera, I'm like, and who was that that referred you? (laughs) I I do 125 of these a year. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love doing them, though. I mean, it is great because I I don't know you. And it's now I get to put you on screen, ask you questions. And like at the end of this, like I find out all about your business.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. There's a lot to share.
0: Cool, cool. Well, first of all, all right. What part of the country are you calling in from today?
1: I am in Lincoln, Nebraska. So basically that like really just the middle right there. And um, I have a friend in Florida who recently told me, she goes, to be honest, Ellie, I don't know if I could pick out Nebraska on a map. And we've been friends for two years. So if that's the case, no hard feelings. Um,
0: I've been there once.
1: Really? To Nebraska well, or Lincoln?
0: Lincoln and Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, you know, I rode motorcycle in every one of the 50, 48 lower states. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, so that was, that was, I was there one time. I want to say 2010. Yeah. Yeah. It's been 11 years since I've been there.
1: Yeah. And then the city has changed a lot too. I came here for university and then I've had people come back to visit and I go, if Lincoln was this cool when we had graduated, I wouldn't have left. And I was like, yeah, could have been like me just stayed. It's
0: because <laughs> I stayed here and made it yeah. better.
1: <laughs> We've all flourished together because of this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This um, I know.
0: I grew up now. Uh, personally, I grew up in the Northeast, up uh, Philadelphia and, and Poconos, Poconos of Pennsylvania.
1: Okay.
0: I couldn't wait to get out of there. I left once, moved to New England. That didn't work out. I had to come crawling back home. Then I left and moved to Texas. Yeah. And I haven't left Texas yet. So yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, my actual hometown is um, 90 miles from here, and it is all of 148 people.
0: So That's... my hometown, I think there's 48 people in it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah.
1: Yep, one of those tiny little places that never shows up on a map
0: so my hometown to, to let you know the town that I grew up in as, as a little kid I grew up I moved out there when I was 13 but if you're over 40 well it's 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 like 48 years old it'll be almost gonna you know another three years it's gonna be 50 years right is uh it was famous in 50 years ago almost yeah. a lady named Patty Hurst came there to hide out
1: oh I know about Patty Hearst. I'm mm-hmm. a big I have a degree in history and a degree in advertising because I'm just a so big so yeah.
0: Patty Hurst <laughs> hid there, and not only did she hide there, the house she hid in, all right. In 1970, my parents almost bought that house instead of the one we did buy down the street from it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now I had no idea she was there. Didn't know I was a kid. I didn't care, right? No. But oh like my that, my and the house looks the same as it did when she was there. I was I was there in 2016. I was like blown away like the house still looks the same that she, that she had out. Yeah. But that's what my town was known for. What was your, what was your town known for?
1: Um, nothing, nothing really. Uh, during the prohibition though, I hear that there was a guy from Chicago who moved to this tiny little town in Nebraska. And it's the only place that they could get alcohol because he was smuggling (laughs) from Chicago. He is like a, and it's literally the last name is D'Angelo. Like everyone in that area is German. And then you have like the one D'Angelo family. It's like, yeah, they're Mm -hmm. the ones. They're the ones who came from Chicago, <laughs> so. Oh uh,
0: well, you know, uh, so like uh, apparently, then you know what real moonshine is, right?
1: I've heard of it. I also, isn't it? There's a reference to it in Annie. Isn't Carol Burnett like making it in the bathtub?
0: Could have been. I don't. know. The back know. of Annie. <laughs> I'm. I see. I grew up. I like my grandfather made it and stuff like that. But oh, I was yeah. in Pennsylvania. But like, I have. As a matter of fact, there's a bottle of it up there in the corner. <laughs> oh, fun. I have. I have three or four. I have a moonshine bar in my office. So oh I, I love the taste of moonshine, just say, and it's, I have some backwoods stuff as well as, you know, legal. I got to watch it. I'm saying I have backwoods stuff on a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell anyone. Good luck like, just... Good luck finding where my office is to find. Yeah, yeah.
1: there you yeah. go. Make it yeah. hard for them. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah, so you live in Lincoln, Nebraska. All right. When you got yeah. out of college, did you just right out of college, start this business? Or was it something you, 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 you kind of stumbled upon? <laughs>
1: So no, I didn't start it. I never would have thought I'd be self-employed ever. Uh, I actually went and worked for a video production company for five and a half, six years. And it was after about five years there that I decided to go part-time and pursue self-employment. I joked that I listened to like one too many business podcasts. I was like, well, I guess I got to try and do it. I got to see if I'm capable. Um, but what had happened is I had been at this small business, this video production company, and kind of did all of the things. Like I did the bookkeeping and uh, the set list and making sure we had everything packed and the schedule was all good. I did HR. I did a lot of things. Yeah. And then I did cold call sales for one of our online courses. And so I joked to my boss, I was like, it's your fault. I thought I could run my own business. Like you taught me how to do everything. <laughs> so um, and at that point too, I was still a little confused. I didn't know whether to go out on my own as like an online business manager or do email marketing. And I guess, because I kind of played around when I was working there part-time, doing a kind of everything for about a year. And then when you actually go self-employed, you're like, mm, you got to pick one. Otherwise, everyone expects that if you're a marketing consultant, you just do everything. And so it took me about oh, yeah, yeah. two months before I just drilled down and said, email is the thing. Um, but while I was at my old job, I'd started blogging. I had a personal finance blog. It's called Ask Alley. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. uh, Thank you for saying it's cool. I joke, too, that I'm like, yeah, my friends have actual hobbies. I would sit in at a coffee shop on a Wednesday night writing about budgeting. Uh, Just a real, real fun party, life of the party over here. So but it actually came out of like I had roommates and friends who had asked me about financial stuff all the time. One girl found me in like a grocery store parking or grocery store aisle. She was like, I have a question about retirement. I was like, I am just buying cereal sure hit me what you got and so it was one of those things i just saw there was such a need and then being a millennial and lots of my friends having student loans it or being afraid to talk about money i was like i hate to break it to you but like you're gonna be dealing with money your whole life we need to mm-hmm. um, make this more approachable and i would say that my blog was my digital playground so that's where mm-hmm. i learned about seo and content uh gosh content strategy email building a website like you did the whole thing on your own which I loved. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, when it came time to kind of try my own thing, I just had to figure out what focus I wanted to, to be on. And I knew I, did, I didn't want to do the personal finance thing long-term. Maybe yeah. it's because I know so many people who are already killing it. I'm like, yeah, I, Stephanie's got it covered. You don't need me in the personal finance world. Well, well I first I of all,
0: what year did you have that blog?
1: 2016.
0: 16. Okay. Yeah. So I started my blog 2010 and it's because I had no idea what I was going to do. So I started a blog. Yeah. No clue. All right. No, but you talk about then the finance part of it, and you're like, well, I don't want to cover that. Uh, I have a real estate business, and everybody's like, well, you should teach real estate. I'm like, no, I'm like an amateur at real estate. <laughs> I really am. I, I put my money there to grow. I don't go there and study it. Everything I do in real estate, I call my mentor up and go, what do I do next? Right? I, I, literally, I, okay, and I go do it. I don't I don't study it. I ask somebody because it's a place for me to plant my money seeds and have it grow. Yeah, yeah well- not,
1: and part of it too is I saw that the future of doing personal finance as a career mm-hmm. looked like writing books or being in the media and stuff like that. That just, I don't know. I didn't really, it was really hard. It's hard to be profitable as a personal finance blogger. Let's just call it that. Like asking people to sign up for credit cards doesn't necessarily feel aligned for a lot of people or affiliate links for s- small products. But yeah, yeah. otherwise, like unless you're actually like creating courses or doing some sort of advising or coaching, it's just not profitable. And I was like, yeah. And I also have a degree in advertising. So the idea of kind of the agency style of people come to me and I deliver on this service, um, that just felt a lot more at home Well, oh, that's it. Me. You
0: got to go with where you feel it's right. It's like, I, I never wanted to be a blogger blogging about blogging. Oh. All right. That was me. I hated that. And it the MLM to-
1: strategy of blogging.
0: Yes. yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until 2018 that my coach said, Tim, you need to create an event called Blog and Video Con. But I'm a business coach, not a blogging coach. He says, it doesn't matter. That's the root of how you got there. And he says, just put a course out onto it. It's part of your curriculum. It's not something that's your whole center, your whole center is building business. The blog is just to start to build a business and advertise. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because I hated that. And you see it now. There's live streamers talking about live streaming. There's uh, you know, YouTubers talking about how to build YouTube, right? It's yes. like, and every time I see it, I'm like, dude, like, teach me how to do something on YouTube, not be a YouTube teacher about YouTube.
1: Right. It's yeah. like, it's kind of in the infinite circle for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So when I got into email marketing, I went through an incubator with someone who's like an expert in the field, which is pretty mm-hmm. sweet, but they were all like, everyone else in the group wanted to do like SaaS or e-com. And I'm over here going, I want to help bloggers, right? Welcome and nurture sequences. And I felt very small about that for about six months. And then I finally was like, if bloggers are my people because I know them, just run with it. And yeah. So that's felt very at home. And that was three, three years ago, two years ago. Yeah. About 2000. Well, what is math? Yeah, 2018 yeah, yeah. is where I kind of yeah, really Yeah, probably you right shouldn't end.
0: probably you shouldn't be teaching about finances because you can't count.
1: I yeah. can't count. mental. I, th- I honestly in third grade when they were like, you're gonna need to know mental, like multiplication tables. I was like, I highly doubt that because they had already given us calculators. So I just was defiant as a third grader and never <laughs> multiplication.
0: So, so yeah, so one of my, yeah. so my, my mentor in real estate, he jokes all the time. And he says, you know, to my teacher who said, add it up in your head because you're never going to have a calculator in your pocket when you grow up. And he goes, aha,
1: I proved <laughs> you wrong. Yes. So I was a bit feisty as a kid. I was like, tell me where, like prove it to me. <laughs> so,
0: well, I've always had the habit of, um, you know what I mean? Of, of trying things to prove people wrong. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so We're like f- I met my wife that way because my roommate, mm-hmm. uh, right? She met her husband on eHarmony, and she said you should try this. And I'm like, I've been married twice, divorced twice. I'm not looking. All right, let me do this to show you that it doesn't work. My <laughs> wife and I are together 12 years later. So, yeah,
1: I love it. Yep, yeah. yeah. I met my boyfriend on Hinge, which is a dating app. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a time!
0: I know. It's just like you know what I mean. My my whole thing is let me tr- let me try to prove you wrong. So. Uh, then my coach, all right, my business coach and, and, and marketing mentor, um, Craig Duswalt. I don't know if you know Craig or not, but mm-hmm. Craig, all right. He's like, you need to start a, you need to start a podcast or a radio show, a radio show is what he called it. An online radio show is what he called it in 2012. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that. I do not want to, that's never going to work. <laughs> all right. Out of all the people he told that to, right. <laughs> I'm the one that has the biggest, like most famous, like I have four of them now. I'm starting a fourth one. <laughs> In November, I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> that doesn't work. Let me prove you that doesn't. Let me prove you wrong. Yeah.
1: And then everyone's like, more and more. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like I studied abroad alone at 22. Like mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, I was always like, I want to prove to myself that I'm capable. I think I had this fear of like growing up. Like becoming like a mom in my thirties and being like, I don't know, I never tried, and I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I learned guitar for a year and a half just to prove that I could, and so now at parties I can be like, I can play that song on, you know, that Taylor Swift song on guitar. So.
0: Okay, I, I still can't play guitar. I have <laughs> two of them. That was my birthday present.
1: I built that one. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, just
0: because I like I like guitars, so I bought a kit and I built two of them. I built I, I built that one there, and I built one for my stepson. And I'm going to build another one for my daughter. So yeah, I love yeah. I yeah. building things. I couldn't play that thing to save my life. But no, I can play you I Taylor watch. Swift. Yeah?
1: If I can play you some Taylor Swift.
0: Can you? Really?
1: Yes. Oh, wow. And uh, Dixie Chicks. When I learned how to play Wide Open Spaces by Dixie Chicks, I almost cried. I was like, we're full circle. Like right. my childhood is coming to completion with my adulthood. Ah.
0: Wow. I-, I was never a fan of the Dixie Chicks. And there's a lot of country artists I'm not a fan of. That's There's a true. lot of them that I am, but a lot of them I'm not. Like uh, Miley Cyrus, I love Miley Cyrus.
1: Yeah, you consider you know her I mean? country?
0: Huh? Hold she's in. she's more pop now, but yeah. like she was kind of country when she started out. Um, to me, the country I liked was Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I liked that was country. Um, like the group of people that came out with Garth Brooks in the early '90s, which way past, way before your time. I loved mm-hmm.
1: them. That was my childhood. Like, yeah. so I was I was born in the late '80s. So, uh, I when I was 12 is when Garth Brooks retired and i wept i have an older sister who's eight years older i was like i'm so jealous you've got more time with garth than i did yeah. and then when he came and did the the big tour around the us uh i the first song i am straight up weeping and at one point the light hits me those big spotlights and he's like looking at our section and mm-hmm. i could have sworn he saw me just sobbing and i was like you did this to me i'm so happy i'm crying so but that's we have a picture of Garth Brooks on our family wall. Like he's kind of our mascot. He got to meet one of my sister's best friends through make a wish. So he's always felt very close to the family.
0: Mm-hmm. So you know, you know why you know why artists do that that uh, the, the retirement tour, don't you? No. They do it so they can sell out more on the next tour.
1: Oh. <laughs> that's honestly true. I mean, he did go away for like twenty years. He He was away for a while,
0: yeah. But he was raising his kids, and then he came back after the kids were kind of raised and stuff like that. So yeah, Yeah. but it's interesting. Like I know we have we have some we have some pretty good like in common music stuff. Like, um, I grew up like wait a minute. I grew up like the bands I liked as a kid was was you know here and there. It's funny because I was never really into. Guns and Roses, right? Never yeah. really. I'm a Van Halen fan. As you, as you can tell, I'm a Van Halen <laughs> fan, right? Never really into Guns and Roses. My business coach was Axl Rose's manager. Of course. Of course.
1: The world is so small.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah. But because of that, I got introduced to people I did like and I did admire. Like I, I met Eddie Money before he passed away. I love that. Mm-hmm. Eddie Money was a, I love Eddie. He was one of the most down to earth people in a room, let alone great on stage. And yeah. he was the greatest joke he ever had. Is "Hi, I'm Eddie Money. Your mom's a big fan of mine." <laughs> <laughs> Loved it, you know. It's like uh, someone yes. who owns where he's at, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. My first concert ever was Three Dog Night, and I was eight years <sighs> old.
0: <laughs> I never seen Three Dog Night. <laughs> yeah,
1: my my dad was a volunteer fireman, and they gave him all tickets to watch him here in Lincoln. And so we drove up, me and my parents and their eight year old daughter, got to sing. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, these are bands I've never seen, you know, Three Dog Night. Um, i never seen Nazareth. I mean, the 70s stuff I really loved as a kid. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts. Like, my my first concert, I think, was a Christian concert, like Christian rock or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, like, like I, I had to sneak out of the house to go see Van Halen play in 1984. And, like, you talk about being in the spotlight. I was yeah. in 1984. I was in the Philadelphia Spectrum. Where the uh, the video music video for Panama was made.
1: Okay. I was
0: in that audience that they're panning through.
1: Fine. Yeah. Love you that. can spot
0: me if you look. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my moment of fame. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's just so interesting I mean, about the stories that we can all can have. So let me get around to your business. Yeah. You actually went into email marketing. It's funny because in 2010, when I started my business. I had everybody tell me, Tim, you need to have advanced yeah, social media. You don't need a website. You don't need email. You don't need all that stuff. You just need social media now.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you
0: know that all fourteen people who told me that they have jobs now? Yeah, I built an email list. Yes, they didn't. They didn't. So you, all right, and if you're far younger than I am, learn that at a younger, la- younger age.
1: Yeah. So and then that was part of my my personal finance experience was learning about the value of an email list exactly. and i set up like a three email welcome sequence yeah. and remember ask alley was a straight up hobby at that point there was mailchimp which i didn't like because it doesn't allow segmentation and then it was convertkit so like 30 dollars a month and i was paying 30 dollars a month for my hobby that made me no money because yes. i knew how important it was to make that timely connection with people and i would have people reply back to those emails 18 months after i got them set up with their money stories. Like they weren't just like, oh, thanks for the content. They're like, I am living with my boyfriend. He lost his job. You know, like I had to go to the hospital. Like they're just pouring out their hearts. And I was like, if you feel like you know me from three emails and maybe a handful of blog posts, like that means a lot to me. And I was sending out regular emails like twice a month was my goal, was to write a new blog post and get it out. Um it was a short stint in my life. It was probably like a year and a half of blogging um before I was like, I did it. Now I can move on. Um, But yeah, so then in the blogging space, I ran into a lot of people who just, they never set it up or they think, there's so many misconceptions about email. And a lot of them probably are true because if you're using like a really laborious platform, it is hard to send emails or you don't know what to say. And so my goal is to really break that down for people. And that's what a lot of my blog and email content is about. And then for my actual client services, I offer an audit of people's existing automations or newsletters um, to be able to help them improve how things are tagged, segmented, um, and optimized for conversions. So mm-hmm. how do we get more people to get to your site, more people to open and click through your emails and mm-hmm. um, purchase a product or okay. attend your webinar? Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll audit that. And then I have another service called, well, my company's called Duet. yeah, And yeah. The, it's called the Duet Debut because yeah. you're like creating your debut for people. And that's like the whole hog. like audience research, content strategy, copywriting, and then setting it all up.
0: Cool. Uh, what platform are you using now?
1: I use ConvertKit.
0: ConvertKit? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I moved uh, uh, about a year and a half ago. I moved to Kartra. Have you looked at Kartra?
1: I've heard of Kartra. Okay.
0: So no. Kartra is like like the guy who created Kartra created Kajabi. Before okay. he created Kajabi, it was like Infusionsoft he worked for. Okay. So like in this, the the guy, when he created Kartra, it was the last thing is he passed away. I think almost a year and a half now, he passed yeah. away. Really, I mean, a brilliant mind behind this thing, because I used one shopping cart before that. Yeah. And for that, I think I was on constant contact was my first one. And I used MailChimp because like a friend said to me, oh, but MailChimp's free. So yeah. I went that route. But I like I had to push and do everything because it wouldn't do it for yeah. you. Um, you know, constant contact would, but it was confusing to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I went to one shopping cart, a version of it, because I, I, I sell products right away and sell tickets. So I'm like, I just need to have the shopping cart version side of it right away. So I got into that. But moving everything off of my MailChimp to my one shopping cart, Disasterly. I lost a ton of freaking people on that list because it wouldn't convert it over. So I learned when I moved from one shopping cart to Kartra, I did everything I could to get people to come over freely and at yeah. the end, I mean, I threw away maybe 700 names of people who didn't come over. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. These people haven't answered an email from me in years. Yep. I really am not going to chase them. And I'm not keeping a, a thing for 700 emails and contacts that they're not reaching back. So, right. I, yeah. Well, and
1: that's one of the big misconceptions, especially around vanity metrics. Yeah. I think that's a phase that everyone goes through when you're starting to get involved online. You're like, how many followers do I have? How many email subscribers do I have? um how many people have unsubscribed like you look at the unsubscribe list and you're like but that's my aunt why would she unsubscribe you know and you're like taking it super personal but eventually you're just like that's not the measure of you know i like i like that the online industry has turned that to say we want to make more content for the people who already love you um and that's something i tell my subscribers too i'm like because they'll say how long does the email need to be and i'm like what do you feel like it needs to be? Whatever right. oh. whatever you feel comfortable producing, people will either adjust to it or they'll leave. Yeah. Like I teach, my emails are long. Some of my favorite online businesses that I learned from just like gave away lots of information and were super generous. So that's what's easy for me. Yeah. It's just like rattling off like tips and suggestions and.
0: Yeah. So like my newsletter on Sunday is probably about four or five hundred words.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: like I and it's it's usually just something I'm going through the week and I teach from it. All right. And it's like, you know, it's 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 something that happened that week in my personal life. And I read it to business. Yeah. I learned that from Chris Brogan. Do you know, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Chris Brogan. You ever If you re- ever read his email, his his newsletter on Sundays is just brilliant. OK. And I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, that, so that's what I modeled it off and I like it. But one of the things Chris did and I tried to, I, I still have to add this back into my sequence because I took it out, was to tell people when they get the newsletter, by the way, Anytime you hit the reply button, I read it, and I oh. have like you notice like you replied to my office email. Any okay. reply to that office email, I read. It's just my staff gets it, but it doesn't matter to me. I read. I read all replies.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's that's that. became part of my personal thing is I want to really read all replies and answer all replies, no matter who it is and no matter how big my company is. I answer all the office replies. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I have people that like, I'll reply back to them because they'll ask questions. And then they're like, oh my gosh, you got back to me so soon. Or they're like surprised that I'm a real person. (laughs) Like I'm procrastinating just like everyone else. Thanks for emailing me. So I had something else to do. So yeah, which is super fun. And I know how much people like the kind of pillars of online marketing that I looked up to when I was building up my site. one of them's not really doing it anymore, but her name was Lauren Hooker of Ellen Company Design, E-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. And she just was the most generous. Every week she hosted like an hour-long webinar for mm-hmm. free and people could come. And yeah, she was selling packages at like $10,000 for two-week packages too. So she was definitely.
0: That's more than like, I have one <laughs> coaching program that's 10,000. And, yeah. and uh, my like most people I sell is my mastermind, I'm selling people into. I, I want people in my mastermind first.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know so, if
0: you're that way, but, um, what do you have like a coaching or consulting package that you offer?
1: Um, I don't, I have the two services. Um, I think fig- I've learned that that's the way that I can help people the best. I didn't, you know, if we're going to talk business nitty gritty doing retainer projects, was just not my style yeah. as much as like some people love that stability. I felt kind of trapped by it. I joke that it's like my Midwest upbringing. <laughs> like it's really hard for me to send that invoice every month. If I yeah. don't know that I've actually completed the standard of work or the amount of work yeah. that somebody would have you know, expected from me. So I do more project-based things. So I do the audit takes two weeks. I deliver it, I hop on a call with a client, review any questions. And at that point they can take the audit and run with it and make all the edits and changes that I recommend. Um, and then, but most clients will, you know, take that into the next step and do the duet debut. So it really gives us direction for like, okay, what product are we going to feature or focus on promoting, um, and then we know who to, who in the audience to research. So, and then once that project is done and everything is turned on, I, I keep an eye on the campaign for a little while. I'll chime in like a few months later, go in and look at how things are going. And um, yeah, so I just have a handful of clients that I've helped and then they've been moved on their way.
0: That is that's just so cool. Well, first of all, it's one of the first things I tell my clients when they come in the masterminds. What, you know what I mean? Well, Tim, what should I do? First of all, what do you want your business to do? Yeah. What's your ideal business like? Because mo- most of them have never been asked that. Mm-hmm. They just go to they go to they come to, you know, they hear you or me on a webinar, or people like you and me, and not you and I, me, but, <laughs> but people like us on a webinar who are all telling them, Well, you need this, you need this, mm-hmm. you need this, you need this, you need this. And they're so busy getting what they need that they don't have any customers.
1: Right. Oh. And they and they hate and they hate what they do. Yeah. Well, and I tell people, like, I'm the not the bearer of bad news, but I am like, I don't know, I'm an Enneagram six. If you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm like here's what you don't want to do. It's like, you don't want to just spend your time buying everything or trying everything when like, if you want this to be your full-time business, you need to be making money first. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like today I had a presentation go live in a summit and people were like, do I need this, this, and this? And I was like, if you're, and they're like, I'm new. I was like, no, then you don't like, yeah. you just need to get in the habit of creating content and sending it out and then doing good work. And, yeah. and that's where the the overlap is between sales and marketing, right? Like for me, my clients don't come through my email list. Very aware of that. But those are my DIY people that I love and adore because I was a DIYer. But for mm-hmm. my actual clients, like those are from referrals or conferences or um, being on podcasts. Like that's how I attract them. So, yeah. and that's not really marketing. That's just me showing up places. So I kind of consider that sales, but. Well, I'm here. That's marketing.
0: You're on here is marketing for your business. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it is.
0: So, um, you know, it's interesting you, you bring that up about getting people into the blogging. I, you know, my early days in blogging, my, my one course was really called uh, a rock around your blog. And we changed that to kickstart your blog. Yeah. And we were doing a one day workshop, workshop, telling people how to set up WordPress.com. Not .org, not self-hosted. No, let me walk you through WordPress.com. And everybody in the community is like, no, no, no. You got to tell time. them how to be in work. You got to be self-hosted. And I'm like, these people don't know whether they just want to talk about their cat. Or make it a business yet. Don't make them spend $3,000 for something and then they don't use it. And then they complain and say, well, you sent me here, Allie. It's because of you I lost 3,000. No, I want you to create a habit. If you find that habit, great. I can help you take it to the next level. If you don't, you're not out any money. Right.
1: Well, and I, I tell people too, like I'm in marketing and I'm telling you to not buy everything that you're being sold right now. Like give it three months, give it six months, like see what's all out there because you can't really wrap your mind around the fact that this is a mastermind to teach you how to sell high ticket items, Mm -hmm. or this is a mastermind to teach you how to do VIP days or whatever. Like you don't even know what services you're going to offer, let alone the style or how to sell them yet. I don't know. And then one of the earliest pieces of advice I got was like, you can't know if something's working unless you're heading in that direction for a while. So, like, if you're just pivoting, like, every couple months or you're trying different products or different services here or there, and it's hard to get consistency, consistent mm-hmm. traffic or consistent leads um, or to create systems in your business that make it easier. Um, so, like, my services have not changed in over two years. And wow. I'm so stinking proud of it. Like, just to say, I've experimented with other things. Like, I tried doing an intensive. And then three out of the four people who bought it came back to me like, we're like, can you just do the rest? Like, so they ended up doing the duet debut anyway. Yeah, and so I'm yeah. like, I am of no service trying to give you a cheaper product that you won't finish. Mm-hmm. Then I am like, that's unfair to you. And yeah.
0: So now, cause I'm in the co- more in the coaching business than I am in the do it form business. Mm-hmm. And I make a rule in mind. You join my mastermind. You're in for one year. You can't join month by month. Oh, you're in, you, 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 Yeah. I, I can sign in. a contract to say you're in a one year agreement with me. Why? Cause you can't get started and judge your results in three months in online marketing. Right. I'm sorry. You can't, Mm-mm. it is just not possible. And I, I see you agree with that too. I mean, and so many mm-hmm. people think, well, let me just try this out for three months. Well, why don't you just throw your money in the trash now
1: and yeah. be over with
0: it. Yeah. This is not yeah. going to work.
1: Well, and then there's what's it called? The minimum viable product. Like, yeah. I DIY my website in two days, two years ago, once I met with my, my business coach landed on my two packages landed on my pricing. I built out a website in the two days have not updated it since Cause every time I think I want to, she's like, uh, Allie, how many people come in through your website? And I was like, Oh yeah, none. Like it's just enough to make me like look legitimate. <laughs> and I've got some quotes on there and like my blog is on there, but as much as I would love a shiny new website, like a template and move things over, like, is that really worth my time right now versus seeing what kind of blogging events I can attend?
0: Yeah. No, I make a ton of back pages on my website. Like <laughs> every freaking week I create a whole new funnel. <laughs> All right, yes. and now I use optimized press to create my back pages, my sales pages on my actual website. But Kartra okay. has that you can build pages in there. I don't build the sales pages in Kartra if I depending on what I'm doing with the funnel. Because yeah. what happens is, like, if I'm using a Facebook ad to get people to come there, it won't go to the Kartra page, I have to make it come directly to my page because <laughs> you have to have that you have to match the address, yeah, yeah, so uh, yes. But like, if I'm speaking at your conference or you know, what I mean, or something you're doing. To mm-hmm. your audience, then I want to make an offer. Well, I just go in and take the domain name and have it point to the to a back page in Kartra and have it just it goes right through. And
1: yeah. then I have
0: the video. I can tell them if they watched the video, I mean all kinds of stuff, you can metrics, but yes. um I, I don't, love the I data. Just, I know I create, 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 create. And like I have to I had to start the Kartra gives you tags so you can tell where they came from. Because mm-hmm. I was going cool for a while, I, I, mean, I had hundreds of people joining and I had no idea where they <laughs> came from.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's actually what my presentation was that went live today for the summit was all about tags and segmentation. And I did a big audience survey of my own email list last January. And it was fun to hear everyone. Like I've kind of become a go-to person for tags and segmentation. I think a lot of people, because it's a tech thing, tend to feel really dumb or talked down to or things are over their head. And so I had a lot of people say things like, you don't make me feel stupid. (laughs) It's like, you're not stupid. It's tough, it's complex. And not everyone wakes up in the morning knowing how to like tag their funnels and automate.
0: Well, let me ask you this because you're an email marketing person Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna ask you this on camera. Usually I ask this after (laughs) the interviews, but so how did you like my email process to get you on the podcast?
1: Oh, it was great. I mean, I was a little bummed that I was like, oh, we don't get like an intro call because we just hop on here directly. I was like, bye Tim, talk to you in two months. Um, No, it was super helpful and everything was really clear. So like, And so even when I worked at the video production company, like the systems and processes I set up in 2013, they are literally still using like the Asana templates. So my business has that. I mean, I didn't get that set up until I was a year into business, which are just Mm -hmm. kind of like get it done and then create a system. But yeah, yeah, so where I have workflows in Doug's Auto for any of my new client leads, um, they get an email right away after they submit that they want to chat with me for a discovery call. And it's got Jessica Day from New Girl, like a little GIF. And I'm like, if people aren't into GIFs, Maybe we, we shouldn't work together. Um, but
0: well, wait a minute. No, when you join my when you join my mastermind program, yes, the first email you get sends you to a video of actor Dean Kane welcoming you to my program.
1: Oh, how fun.
0: That's that's re- using relationships <laughs> to a T. Yes, and the is. reason I figured out to do that, because I know Dean from seeing him backstage at a lot of events, was I, I thought about that because I went to a church in 2002. And at the time, the church uh, was a big church here in Texas and the welcoming video when you joined the church in the like welcoming class was the acting president of the United States, which is George, George W. Bush, welcoming (laughs) you to the church.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: That's a cool freaking idea to get the president of the United States to welcome you to your new church. But anyway, I'm like, yeah. That's Uh, like a
1: massive name drop. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah. It's like, I didn't know him personally, but,
1: <laughs> oh, fine.
0: uh, but anyway, like I thought that was a unique idea to, to get, to relate to people who are joining your, your programs mm-hmm. with someone they might relate to.
1: Right. Or even if it's just your own face, like I was telling you before the call. So when people opt in for any of my freebies, it redirects to a welcome page and it's yeah. just got a little like 90 second, if that loom video embedded on my site and the reason why it's so important is so the people say my name, right? I'm like, <laughs> if just maybe it's a matter of repetition, like it's Ali, not Aaliyah. You might second guess yourself
0: no. I'm here
1: to tell you this is how you say my name. And then just telling them, like, this is what you can expect while you're here. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. right. And it took me one shot to do it. It's not perfect. Um, But then below it, I just have a button to, like, say, OK, browse the blog. And then below that is like, if you already know you want to hire me, there's a button for that, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, just you know, what I mean, you have a direct way to go. You know what you're doing, and and that's it. When you know, over time, you just learn to okay. I don't want to mess with this anymore. Right. I just want to create it. Get it to the work. You know. Yeah. Um, for me, well, it's why I created Simple Easy Marketing because I realized I was trying to do rock star, be a rock and roller, and I'm like, dude, I grew up with simple.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then so speaking of even doing that video, what I end up helping my clients do is really defining. What their entire business is and what they do so even if they have different facets like different webinars or they have a book or things like that um what we can do with the welcome sequence is we kind of boil all of that down to like what's the most important and so that's where a lot of my clients are like i didn't realize that i never really defined who i serve and what i actually do and so like the video that i do, do on my welcome page is like hey i'm here to help you understand email marketing. So it's easier to send it and connect with your audience. Like Mm -hmm. that's my little shtick. Um, And so that's a benefit, I think, to having that introductory series, because you're like, this is who I am. This is my stake in the ground. And people, if they're like, I'm not really into vegan baking, but I just wanted this checklist, then they can just jet off of your list. They'll unsubscribe.
0: So I can get a vegan bacon checklist from your (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes vegan j- vegan bacon i don't know i'll have to ask i just got a vegan baking client and so i've got to dig in to
0: okay yeah that. okay um <laughs> i live in texas and one of my favorite things is barbecue Not
1: i'm in nebraska are you yeah. kidding i'm like i don't even cook my own red meat i'm like that is something that i pay other people to do because i will mess it up Know
0: what they're doing, no, no, okay. So, we have we live in a condo, all right, it's about 1100 square foot. My wife and I, and when we bought this in 2018, we bought it and gutted it to make it the way we wanted it, yeah, because we lived in another condo in the community and we wanted to fix it our way. My wife created the kitchen, just the cabinets in the kitchen. When we went through it, and the order for the cabinets in the kitchen was like 17 or 18,000. I'm like, okay, go ahead, get get what you want, right. Mm But then she said, well, okay, well, you know what I mean? She said, I get the kitchen I want. You can build a house any way you want. And I said, well, I want a grill on my back patio. Now, the back patio is like barely you could fit. If I put two of these side by side, you couldn't walk past it. Yeah. But I have a grill on the back patio that cost me, I don't know, about five grand.
1: Yeah. I have, I live in an apartment. This is not my house. This is my friend's house. My apartment is being re-roofed. So oh. that's why we're here. Um, but my kitchen we joke, we call it uh, a one-butt kitchen, like one butt in, one butt out, like yeah. tiny little galley kitchen. So,
0: yeah. And well, that's how our other one was, but this one here, we kind of spread it out. And now I'm like, uh, uh, you know, three years later, I'm going to, man, maybe I'll go buy my, buy a house now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I have this, does everybody think it's funny that I have this huge ass grill on my back patio? And like, I had to assemble it out there. If we <laughs> move <laughs> out of here, I'm going to have to have a crane, pull it over the fence because it will not come back through.
1: Demantle it. To huh? Take the. I don't have to like dismantle it to take it. I'm afraid to it dismantle
0: it because it, it, yeah, it's huge, and I don't want you know what I mean. I don't want to mess something up, so I may just have a crane pull it over the back patio, over the back yeah. fence, or something. I don't know. Oh my yeah.
1: goodness! Are you saying you have a giant grill in Texas? Nothing's I have a giant in grill Texas. in Texas.
0: If you can imagine <laughs> that. I went to a barbecue joint last night, and the guy's like, "Well, which barbecue sauce you would you like?" I said, "Well, I'm going to take both of your sauces to realize how much better mine is than both of yours." And he goes, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I make my own sauces, honey." So
1: much attitude. <laughs> Yeah. So much attitude. Love it. I make
0: I make my own sauce. So- I make my own barbecue sauce, and I'll bet you never guess what one of my ingredients is. Anchovies. Nope. Am I close? I already t- I already told you one of my favorite oh. things.
1: <gasps> Tim, I don't remember. Moonshine. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've God. got moonshine.
0: I used to put uh, I used to put a cinnamon whiskey in it, but I put moonshine in mine now. But anyway. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> See, Robert, right, wait a minute. Robert has watched my show enough to be able to tell you what it was. <laughs> no. uh, welcome, Robert. All right. It's Glad so to fun. have you on today. Uh, so interesting things about you. You got into email marketing. Yep. You've built sequences and stuff like that. All right. Mm-hmm. What is the the biggest headache that you, when people come to you, the biggest headache they have about learning email marketing?
1: Ooh. I would say the, the most common thing people come to me asking for is how to create more value with the emails that they send mm-hmm. so a lot of people won't send any emails because they're like it's not valuable enough it's noise i don't have anything to say like kind of the the whole spectrum mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. and so one of my earliest blog posts is themed around mr rogers and i'm like you have important things to say like it might not be like you know a bookload of content to share but like even if you share one piece of advice that will be helpful for your reader. It's valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is we have to deconstruct this idea that we have to create an entire newsletter. Like when I think newsletter, I think back to like fifth grade computer lab. We <laughs> were like drawing it up on publisher and you've got like a note from the president, or you know, mm-hmm. from the principal, yeah. and like updates from the library, with the yeah. school newsletter. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. Like what helps me is keeping each email focused on one big idea if the one big idea is that someone is encouraged today or the one big idea is that I've shared related resources to connect to you, you know, with other things that might be helpful for your journey, um, that, that helps keep things a lot more focused versus feeling like I have to make this like jam packed, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't, so, yeah. For me, what creating a newsletter is I just wanted to create a personal note to them. So it's just like a letter mm-hmm. letter. It's not a yeah, uh, yeah. it's not like all that, like, because that's what I thought when I had to have a newsletter. was like, oh my God, I got to have this. Argument. You know, like, oh my God, that is not me. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: well, and like, you can kind of pick out what works for you. This is always fun. I get to brainstorm it with my clients of like, cause we always end up brainstorming about it. So like, for me, I like to teach. And so if the, the teaching content gets too long, I drop it all in a blog post and just link there. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. But that
1: that is easy for me. Whereas some people, it is writing an, a letter or it's writing an intro blurb with a little bit of like fun and pep. And then below it, they link to a few articles, yeah. like whatever whatever floats your boat, if you will. Um, or if you know you kind of have different segments of your audience, maybe you're sharing content that serves each of those audiences. So you can kind of create a format, too, that you're like, all I have to do is fill in the blanks. Like, mm-hmm. these are the three things I always share, like a podcast, a book recommendation, and a recent Instagram post or something like that. Cool.
0: Well, all right. Before we, before we move on to close the show out, there's one thing that I want to ask. I'm going to start asking this to everybody who comes on as my guest. If you, if you, if you left this world tomorrow, God forbid, what is one thing that you would want to say to people who might, might listen to this podcast year, two years after you're gone?
1: Does it have to be about business?
0: Doesn't have to be about business. This is just you speaking to those people who would find this after you're gone.
1: Yeah, I would say the most important thing would be to know Jesus Christ. <laughs> and to Yeah, that would be more important than anything I could tell you about email marketing or business. So
0: cool. cool. So, uh, well, I, I appreciate that, because that's a new segment I'm going to put into every call now. There you Any, go. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I had a, I had a gentleman who was a very close friend of mine that I interviewed last in August. And I was at his memorial service last night.
1: Oh, my goodness. And
0: I'm like, man, I wish I would have come up with the idea to put that question on back then because everybody's coming to watch it. And I'm like, I'm going to start asking that because you gave a gra- very great meaning to that, that really so- circles around our meanings for life. Many of right. us, you know what I mean? We're Christians and we believe that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: More than well, business.
0: Yeah. For sure. Before we go, all right, I want to make sure everybody has the best website. Where is the best way to reach you and best website to get hold of you?
1: Yeah. So it'd be duet.co, D-U-E-T-T dot C-O. That's actually the German spelling for duet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like very German. I don't know if you saw my last name, very German. Um, and then .co. And if you go to the resources page there, I've got a handful of free resources and trainings and links. Um, so you can opt into any of those and you'll start getting all of my um, previous content that's still valuable as well as my new content. That's the best way to get in touch and yeah, stay connected. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I appreciate that. So before we go, you got to play my game. Absolutely. My game is now you have, I have seven envelopes here and you get to pick three of them. And Each envelope has three questions and we get to ask you.
1: Okay. I have to go with three. My birthday is June 3rd. And let's go with one and seven.
0: These ones here go down there. And That's I'm so going to open them up in the order. I love it. Three is my favorite number. Can is you it? Tell, can you tell?
1: Uh-huh. How fun.
0: Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Can you tell? Can you tell?
1: Three my favorite <laughs> number? Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah anyway. it's my softball jersey. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, Three. Three's been my favorite number long before I met Dale Earnhardt. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. We have our first set of questions for you today. Number one question is, when you go to watch the movies now, do you prefer to watch them in a the theater or at home?
1: Ooh. I watch them at home.
0: At home? Okay. Number two, when you go out to get a snack, would you rather go out and get a hamburger or a taco?
1: Hamburger.
0: Hamburger. I like you now. (laughs) Number three, who was the better basketball player, Michael Jordan or LeBron James?
1: Michael Jordan. (sighs) Are you kidding? My entire childhood, Space Jam included, was about Michael Jordan.
0: I know. I just, I don't get the people who who say LeBron James. I'm sorry. I just don't get you.
1: Yeah, no, like one of my biggest regrets in life was not having a Michael Jordan themed birthday party when I turned 23. Like i still, I'm 32 now. I was like, do I have to wait till I'm like 42 or whatever his number was when he came back? Or his baseball number? I don't know, I missed opportunity.
0: Yeah. All right, envelope number one. We had three questions in here. Okay. In your car, number one, in your car, would you prefer to listen to music or a podcast?
1: Music, 100%. Spotify right. well, premium music, is the best investment. Um, oh gosh, Maggie Rogers almost every day. She's fantastic. Need to breathe is my favorite band. I've seen them twelve or thirteen times now. Legitimately have lost count. <laughs> and so wow. yeah. I've got a soft spot for some like, I don't know, southern rock, but also I like pop music, like Matt Carney. Super fun. Cool.
0: That's what I love. People who got taste in music. They just you know what I mean? <laughs> they can't pin it down to well, I only like no nah, oh, like Gregory
1: music. Alan Isakov, who's like folky, yeah, brilliant, brilliant person. So
0: Question number two, would you prefer to wear high heels or boots? Boots. You know I'm from Texas and what kind of boots <laughs> I'm talking about, right?
1: Now that you mentioned that, I don't know. I like the little ankle booties. It's kind of my staple, <laughs> my staple wardrobe for half of the year. Uh,
0: I get the feeling you and my daughter should be like best friends. I the don't last, know why.
1: The last pair I had, I like legitimately put a hole in it. And so I had wow. to go buy a second pair because I broke them. Yeah, I
0: have, I have, like, yeah, I'm into Western boots, and I've got like 14 pair.
1: Oh, that's my brothers. I have three younger brothers, and they're all cowboy boots and rodeo. All right,
0: all right. So you said uh, you would rather rather watch movies at home, but like when you do go to the movies, do you rather get popcorn or candy? Popcorn.
1: Popcorn. And it's butter and all. During the credits, yep, butter and all.
0: Oh man, I love this girl. During the number seven. Yeah. Let's see what's in this one here. I love it when a girl gets this question.
1: Yes, is it boxers or briefs? <laughs> is that the one? <laughs> I've heard that on the podcast before, and oh. I was like, "Can't read the room." I'm a girl. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go with briefs.
0: Okay. Now, is this like what you wear or what you prefer to see in a guy? I'm I just think curious. It's
1: what I prefer. To see in a guy. <laughs> I don't. know. I haven't analyzed the answer. I'm blushing. I can legitimately feel. Blood rushing to my cheeks.
0: <laughs> only I... Wait a minute. No, I had a guy on one time. That, actually, I asked that question and we went 20 minutes over the podcast talking about the underwear we've worn. Yeah. I'm like, only I could have a business t- podcast and talk underwear with a guy.
1: Yep. Yeah. I don't think I would have known what to answer until I was, I'm was. i now dating my now boyfriend. Like, I, I don't even think I've ever thought about boxers and briefs until, until now. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow.
0: So... Uh, next one here is kind of a drink of choice. Do you prefer Coke or Pepsi?
1: I don't drink pop. But
0: uh-huh. If
1: I do, it's root beer.
0: Root beer. Now, hey, now there's taste. Uh, <laughs> root beer. Root yeah. beer. Me, me. I'm a Dr Pepper guy. Like, if I there's... drink sodas, I like Dr Pepper.
1: Yeah, so. Dr Pepper, or root beer. But I recently had them both like closely together, and I was like, I think root beer wins. Yeah. Real big shift in my life.
0: I drink. I drink mostly iced teas, but like, I like. I'll buy the real sugar Dr Peppers mm-hmm. like a four pack, like every three weeks. Yeah, I just, I don't drink them as much anymore, but that's like, yeah, I, I, I'm in my fifties. I had to pull that stuff out of my life. Mm-hmm. I
1: drink yeah. coffee. That's my go-to.
0: Oh, I drink that a lot. All right. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a tab at Starbucks. <laughs> I'm like, like Norm that. at Starbucks. I walk in, you know, <laughs> what do you say to a coffee, temp? Pour it up, baby. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh man. My
0: last question to you is, would you prefer to go, when you go out, would you prefer to stay in a hotel or go camping?
1: Ooh. <sighs> Airbnb. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I think a hotel it is. That's the most millennial answer you could have gotten out of me. Um, I'd probably go with a hotel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my idea of camping is a four-star hotel.
1: Yeah, I can do the camping thing, but like once a year.
0: Yeah, my wife loves to camp. Uh, So like we go on a trip, like we did it in 2019. We went on a vacation for eight days. Mm -hmm. And every other night we had to stay in a hotel.
1: Yeah, it could be be because my apartment complex, as my old neighbor used to refer to it, has... (laughs) the water pressure of, a, of the prison he's like this is prison water and so when i go to a hotel i'm like oh my gosh it's not like cutting out when someone like uses the sink luxury <laughs> baby and when it's warm it stays warm and so yeah. maybe that's just that's the life phase i'm in cool.
0: <laughs> uh well you know ali it's been fun having you on the show today i yeah. do want to make sure they connect with you and your website one more time and repeat it for them
1: yeah so it's duet.co d-u-e-t-t dot co. And if you click on resources, you can get some freebies and all sorts of helpful content from me. Cool, cool.
0: Well, I thank you for being my guest today, coming in and actually sharing with my audience. It's been a joy having you on here.
1: Thank you. I enjoyed Great.
0: it. Yeah. Uh, to you guys, the audience, we want to thank you for tuning in today. All right. If you haven't gone over yet, go over to duet.co. That's Duett.co, and get to know Allie just like I did here today. We want to thank you for being our listening into our show. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as where you get your podcast to the Tim Gillette show. I'll be back with another guest real soon. Have a great day, guys.